I would focus like on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I would have a, a, a bike run brick where both of those have it, it kind of race pace intensity. That Triathlon Show 134. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I interview coach AJ Johnson of D3 Multisport, and our topic is, if you have a certain number of hours available in the week to train, how do you best use those hours? So as you can imagine, this episode is packed with specific examples for specific scenarios. So I really believe this will be a big hit. Uh, unless the background noise here from this being my final intro and outro that I record at the airport waiting for my plane to Lisbon to take off makes it uh, unlistenable. But I think uh, we'll be fine. I think that the microphone that I have with me does an okay job of cancelling out the, any background noise. Before we get into the interview with, uh, with AJ, this episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration. They are the sweat experts and uh, if you have any sort of questions at all about cramps, hydration, planning your, your race, hydration, etc., you can find all of the information that you could ever wish for on their blog on precisionhydration.com and click through to the tab that says Hydration Advice. That's the name of their blog. They have plenty of articles there that are really good. They are the kind of articles that I wish all triathlon media would be long, in-depth and uh, no fluff, but also very, very uh, digestible i would say they make it very clear and you can get the key takeaways pretty easily from those uh, blog posts so that's a great resource for all of your hydration investigations and research that you need to be doing and mind you if you're doing half or full distance triathlon especially you cannot ignore this part of the puzzle it is as important as training nutrition equally so but uh, triathlon it is not just swim, bike and run. Just like uh, David Nichols said a few episodes ago, uh, you need to become a student of the sport and, uh, and increase your knowledge base in all areas of it. So precision hydration can help you with that on dehydration aspect. And it's the best place to learn about dehydration, dehydration part of the puzzle. So if you go to precisionhydration.com, and you want to try out their products, you can get your first box for free by using the promo code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps at checkout. All right, just a quick intro to AJ Johnson. He is, uh, is a coach and he used to be a triathlete himself, not racing actively any longer, but has raced a lot of Ironman events, including Kona three times. He has coached Pete Jacobs, who is a past Ironman Hawaii winner. And he is coaching athletes from the very beginner level to, uh, to Kona qualifiers to, to world champions. I interviewed Mike Ricci, who is the founder of D3 Multisport, for 
whom uh, AJ is coaching in a past episode, episode 98, that I'll link to in the episode description. And Mike really, really recommended AJ highly as, uh, as a good interview subject. And uh, I've been reading a lot of AJ's articles and training peaks, which I'll also link to. So uh, I knew that AJ would be a brilliant interview. And uh, this really turned out to be the case because we have some very specific examples for how to, how to structure your training week for a varying amount of scenarios of weekly training hours available. So let's get right into the interview with AJ Johnson. Hi AJ, welcome to That Triathlon Show. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. It's uh, great to to have you on here and we have an interesting question or interesting topic I should say that we we kind of uh, figure that would be useful for the audience to discuss and that is how to optimize training for a set amount of hours so we'll just run a few scenarios by you because you've done a lot of this kind of time optimization problems in your coaching career let's start yep. with a time crunch crunched athlete that has five to six hours to train so what what is your general advice if somebody has just that amount of training so i i always start with kind of understanding the athlete's history so, you know, if someone's coming from a swimming background um, or a running background, that'll, that'll definitely change things. But, you know, given someone who maybe, you know, swam a little bit when they were younger and has been on a bike for a little bit and, you know, has run a little bit here and there, you know, but someone who is, doesn't have a, a particular strength or weakness, um, I like to take those five to six hours and, and be even throughout all three sports. Um, and the main reason I like to do that is, because I think at, at this point in time, you know, a, a, a beginner um, who's very time crunch, I, my goal is to just get them used to all three sports so they have a, a better understanding of kind of what they're getting into with the sport of triathlon. Um, and it kind of really early on lets them know, you know, what it's going to take to get comfortable in those sports, um, you know, what it's going to take to be comfortable swimming to 3,000 meters up to 4,000 meters in a session. Um, I think also, you know, even on the bike, not only just the physical nature of it, but getting someone used to, um, you know, the new technology, uh, that's available on, on new bikes. You know, if you haven't been on a bike in a decade and all of a sudden, you know, you've got electronic shifting in 22 gears and you don't know the difference between, you know, carbon clinchers and disc brakes and all that sort of stuff, it can be a bit intimidating. Uh, and then on the run, of course, just the physical nature of it. So, just getting an athlete used to the process of each sport so that they, again, you know, can really kind of understand what it's going to take for them to progress. And, and, you know, maybe they just said, Hey, I'm, I'm happy with just being very recreational. I'm happy with doing this almost on a weekend warrior, you know, sort of scenario, or, you know, as is more often the case, you know, someone get, they, they get really into it. They get the, you know, the, the challenges. Um, and then they, you know, start moving up the ladder in terms of, you know, how much time they're willing to, to devote. So starting off, I just keep it, yeah, pretty balanced across all three. And, and would that be, would that mean that pretty much every workout is the same length or, or do you have like shorter workouts in the, in the week and longer in the weekend or how does that break down? Yeah. I mean, typically that is what works for most athletes, right? Is, you know, the longer um, workouts during the week, but, you know, again, given five to six hours per week, um, I, I wouldn't see where, you know, I personally would not want to do, you know, three hours of the of the total, um, you know, hours for the week over the weekend. I, I would want to space it out if if possible. So an hour, six days a week, 
versus, you know, two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Sunday, and then, you know, an hour on a Tuesday, an hour on a Thursday. Because I think, I think consistency is the key. And in my mind, that's always been it, it you can be more consistent the more you break down the workouts and space them across because you're just, you know, spreading the load out, you know, per se, um, uh, on the body and giving it, you know, time to recover a little bit. So, um, but yeah, by nature, right, the the weekend workouts are going to be a little bit longer um, than than anything on the weekday. And what what if somebody has uh, a background in one of the sports? Let's say, uh, let's say that they have done quite a bit of running and maybe even some cycling. But swimming is their big weakness, as it is for many. Uh, would uh, right. things change in that scenario, and how would they change? Yeah, definitely. I, I would obviously focus more time on on the swim in this case, right? Whatever the the sport is that they have the least, um, you know, the least experience in. Um, it gets a little difficult because, you know, an hour swim, I mean, that's a, that's especially for a beginner, right? That's a long time to be in the pool, but an hour on the bike, even for a beginner, isn't really all that long. Um, you know, uh, so there's also that I, I take into consideration. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say, okay, if you're comfortable running, you know, if you've, if you've been running for the past, you know, solidly for the past four or five years, you know, five Ks, 10 Ks, things like that then, hey, maybe we can get away with, you know, 20-minute sessions, right? You're not really building fitness with those for that athlete. They they have running fitness. You're just keeping the body um, kind of in tune with the pounding it takes from, you know, running. But then you're using the other, you know, four hours, four and a half hours with focus on the pool and, um, you know, focus on just getting them used to the bike. And what if somebody is uh, more advanced, intermediate to advanced, but maybe for some reasons, change of jobs, uh, new family members, whatever, they find themselves sure. limited to five to six hours. And maybe they, they decide to use those hours to focus on the shorter distances, typically, I guess. Uh, how would you then use those hours? Yeah, at that point, you know, I think that that athlete, maybe, you know, who's got a year or two under their belt, um, you know, they, they have a better understanding of what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think they also have a better understanding of what they want to get out of the sport. And so in that case, I would say, all right, we've got, you know, so let's say we've got six hours this week. Um, what do you, what can you reasonably focus on? Because again, you know, six hours a week cycling is, you know, not, a, a whole lot necessarily versus six hours of swimming is, is a lot of swimming for a lot of athletes. So it, it with that lot of amount of time, um, you know, it's, it's really hard for someone to say, Hey, I want to bring up my, my bike. Um, just because again, you know, the, the time that it, that it takes to do that, even, even for short course, you know, even if you're, you know, just racing, you know, sprint and Olympics, um, I still think that, you know, you need a little bit more time on the bike. So, um, I, I would push that athlete a little bit more towards, Hey, let's focus, you know, on, on the swimming and the running, um, and get them to a point where, okay, they can really, really run a fast 5k, a really fast 10k. Um, you know, they're, they're coming out, you know, further up in the water than, than they have before. Um, and just you know concentrate them in, in those two areas so so how would let's say you can pick any example you want but let's say at uh, you want to bring up either the swim or the or the run uh, how would mm-hmm. how would a typical week be structured for for this athlete because he would like to maintain the other two disciplines i guess and not lose the fitness in them right right so if you i mean you're talking about like all three sports like how to structure it for all three or just for the run? yeah you can take you can take it any example like if you want to have a 
a period where you focus on the run or the swim maybe for this athlete like let's say they are an advanced athlete but now they're limited to six hours per week of training and they train for sprint distances i think in this instance one thing i would really take advantage of is uh brick training you know just just a lot of a lot of bike run because well number one it's obviously very race focused and number two one of the main reasons i like to do this because with with six hours a week Almost all of it has to be, you know, it has to be quality, all of it. And I think that's true, you know, even if you're, you know, uh, training 25 hours a week. But it's really, really, really important that those six six hours per week really, really, really be focused on, um, you know, their, you know, obviously just making them faster, particularly in this case with an advanced athlete. So, um, you know, given that, you know, say Monday through Friday, an athlete, you know, can get up early or, you know, after, uh, you know, after the kids go to bed or whatever, put in like an hour, hour and a half, I would focus like on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I would have a, a, a bike run brick where both of those have it, it kind of race pace intensity. So whether that's, you know, that, that'd be intervals on the bike and, you know, right off the, off the bike you know, just even a 15, 20 minute run doesn't have to be long, but that would be, you know, get the legs turning over, get to race pace, hold it for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, cool down for five stretch and you're done. So you've got, you know, two of those sessions per week. That's, you know, anywhere between two to two and a half hours, maybe. Um, And I think there, so now you've got, you know, two really good race specific sessions and then I would almost do the same thing on on a Saturday or Sunday if they can, um, but just give it a little bit more length. Hopefully, we can get maybe two hours in. So now you've got three sessions um, where you've really you've hit the swim and or the the bike and the run. Um, you've given them intensity. It's race specific. You know, maybe they can even you know practice transitions. Um, they can also be you know working on their nutrition because you know, I think even for sprint and Olympic distance athletes, you know, you still have to know, you know, is it good for me to take a gel right off the bike? Do I want to take it 10 minutes before I get off the bike? That sort of stuff. Um, and then of course, you know, then I would work the swims in kind of on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, um, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, something like that. Um, you know, and there you've got another, you know, three hours there. So, that's that's kind of in general what I think it might look like, um, and I'm just a, really a big fan in general of just race specific training. I think I think brick training is is even throughout the week is is a big help um, not only just for for fitness but just time. Yeah, yeah, right. It just it's super efficient. I, I think we actually ran over the the amount of time there a bit with the six hour limit. So so if you really try to uh, to narrow it down to six hours so let's say that you have to shorten either the swim or the maybe one of the brick sessions like the weekend brick so so what would uh, what would you really if you had to boil it down to six hours exactly for this athlete what would it look like so right so what i would do is rather maybe take away from one single session i would try to cut like 15 20 30 minutes out from each three sessions so maybe the tuesday session is an hour only like a, a 40 minute ride and a 20 minute brick and, you know, same thing on Thursday and then, you know, Saturday, you know, would be, so rather than, you know, taking one of those and cutting a full, you know, cause they're, they're short enough already. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's where I would, that's what I would do. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. So let's move on to like, I guess uh, this is at least from what I see the typical amount of time that uh, 
triathletes have to train in the mm-hmm. seven to ten hour per week range. Yep, and that's at least most of my athletes. So, uh, if we first uh, talk about uh, those that are focusing on on the short course racing, how would you structure that for them? So I, I kind of use I, I have a, a a week structure that I think works really well for a lot of time crunched athletes. Um, and it starts off Monday as a swim, right? It's usually drill focused, recovery focused, maybe some, if it's an athlete that has a little more, um, background with swimming, feels a little bit stronger in the swim, you know, it might just be a longer, uh, not necessarily recovery focused, but not, you know, anything with race pace, maybe some pulling, give the legs a little bit of a break. Then, um, Tuesday, like I said, I go back to that bike run brick. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, looking here that, you know, this, these athletes again, um, you know, they're getting up in the morning, um, trying to get this session in before work something. So this is again, where I do, um, a bike run brick. And in this case with more, uh, a bell curve sort of athlete, this session gets changed up, um, between you know, lactate threshold sort of work, um, sweet spot training, um, muscular endurance. So like big gear sort of work, if the athlete's going to be, you know, racing on a hilly course, I'll add in a lot more big gear or hill training stuff, which, you know, you can do on a, on a trainer even. Um, and then again, you know, right off the, right off that, that, um, uh, that bike could be just a quick, a quick run. Uh, Wednesday I have, uh, I like to do like just a, a freestanding run. Um, so, and in this case, again, if it's short course, maybe there's, Depends. It depends on if this athlete, you know, has a ha, how long their history is. If they if they have a longer history and I know their body can handle it, I might on this Wednesday run try to get in some more race pace stuff. If they you know think their body can handle it, if not, then you know this is you know for short course athlete, you know, thirty to forty minutes um, aerobic threshold sort of, or just I should say aerobic um, uh, uh, effort. Um, and then if they can, I really like for them to do, uh, uh, a swim, at, uh, uh, that Wednesday as well. So, um, you know, maybe they're running in the morning and then swimming later in the day. And I, and I, I hope I try, um, try to have them do the run first. Cause that's where the quality is. Um, then Thursday, again, back to that run bike, uh, bike run brick. Um, so if, you know, on Tuesday, if they did some lactate threshold, then maybe Thursday it's more muscular endurance and another quick run off the bike. Friday is just a swim. And I like that to be a little bit of a longer swim, um, getting them used to kind of more, you know, longer intervals. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday is kind of the classic, you know, longer bike, um, you know, short run and then, you know, run on longer, longer run. And I actually mix up the set. I don't always have the athletes run, uh, you know, bike on Saturday, run on Sunday. I I think athletes really need to do their long quality run, even if it's short course, um, on a Saturday on, cause, cause on Friday, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a recovery day for the legs per se. Um, and then they could go and really nail their Saturday run and get a lot of confidence in their run. Mm. What about those runs off the bike in those brick workouts? Mm-hmm. You you alluded to it a little bit, especially with the very time crunch athletes. That there's a lot of quality there, like race pace. Mm-hmm. If if you have a bit more time, like these athletes that we now talk about, do or is it still the case that they always have some quality in the brick runs, or is it sometimes just uh, easy running, just getting used to the biomechanics, or how do you like to structure that? 
Yeah. So in the beginning, it's really just get off the bike, run how you feel, just get used to, you know, early on in the season, particularly, right? Just get used to that, that feeling again. As we get closer to race day, definitely starting to add in more race specific stuff. So whether that's, you know, again, a short course athlete, putting in some, you know, some, some uh, threshold sort of intervals, if it's a long course athlete, um, I still do, I still do, um, you know, threshold sort of race pace sort of intervals, but I'll also focus a little bit more maybe on hills and sh- building strength because um, I'm a big believer that you know long course racing is, is is all about not physically breaking down right and so I think you know I'm a big believer in muscular endurance um, so if they can um, do some hill training that's that's where I think there's a little more quality for for the long course athlete. Yeah, yeah, okay. So so if we add up all those hours, so we had. Uh, The Monday swim. How how long would that be? Um, you know, I, I I always struggle with that Monday swim because you know most athletes they've got to get everything together, drive to the pool, and I I don't want it to be a you know twenty minute session. I don't want an athlete to have to drive fifteen minutes to the pool, swim for twenty minutes, and then drive fifteen minutes home. So that's going to be you know forty five minutes to an hour, I would say. And and then the break one uh, fifteen or something like that or. Yeah, exactly. An hour, an hour fifteen um, or so. And again, like I might, you know, the Tuesday and Thursday might both be an hour fifteen, or one might be an hour, one might be an hour and a half. If particularly more for the long course athlete, if I want them to try to get a longer run off the bike, I might push one of those days longer. But then the other one has to be shortened up because usually it's just it's just a time crunch. Yeah, yeah. And and Wednesday would be how long a run? Uh, you said it might be forty minutes for the less experienced athletes, but maybe how long would it be for a more experienced athlete in that case? And the same same yeah. for Wednesday swim. Yeah. So so the for the long course athlete, I would I that run probably still isn't more than an hour um, because again, you know Tuesday was not an easy day for them. You know, Thursday is not going to be so. So it's kind of like this three-day mini block. Um, so it'd be about, you know, for the even for the long course athlete, like 45 minutes to an hour. And then that swim, um, you know, same sort of thing. You're looking at 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. So so we're up to now. And, and the Friday swim, is that an hour or even a bit longer? You said it's uh, one that you like to be a bit longer sometimes. Yeah, I still. That's probably you know still only forty five minutes. Okay, okay. So yeah, more, more yeah. so longer intervals, I guess. So so I just, yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah. trying trying to yeah, add up. So sorry, yeah, just trying to add up all the all the intervals here to make sure that we right. stick in the to to make sure that athletes can identify which block they belong to and then get the right kind of structure. So that would be like forty five minutes on the Monday and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say one hour fifteen on Tuesday, so two hours, and then yep. uh, we have an hour and a half on Wednesday, so three and a half, right. and then yep. uh, four four forty five after Thursday, after the Thursday break, and then uh, five thirty mm-hmm. after the Friday swim, yep. and yep. Uh, yeah, then we have the how how long would the so so yeah we had uh, what what did I say? <laughs> I about, about five, yeah, about five and a half hours, five yeah. to five and a half hours. Okay. I mean, you could even push it. You know, you can even push it to six. So, you know, if you've got an athlete, you know, that if, if and I think that if you're able to do all of that Monday through Friday, particularly for a short course sort of athlete, you know, that might be closer to the seven hour range than the 10 hour range. Um, you know, and again, for that, for that short course athlete, you know, some of those weekday stuff would be a little bit shorter. So, um, you know, that still gives someone, you know, three or four hours 
on on the weekend. And I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a struggle maybe to do, um, you know, full. I think as as you move as you move towards the like middle of the season, and someone's really you know, I think endurance is built over time, as you know, obviously. So you know, I might um, you know be able to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna push. Um, you know, we're going to get in, we're going to get in as much as we can as uh, on the weekend. Cause I think, I think it's seven to 10 hours per week. There's still going to be particularly for the long course athlete that last month, you're still going to have to go, all right, you know, Hey, we might have to push this a little bit. You know, yeah. we got to get some extra hours in over the weekend for this short amount of time solely because I think, you know, Ironman just demands it. Right. Because I mean, you could easily for Ironman, you can easily put in, towards the end, you know, a big block, you could easily put in a seven hour weekend, right? I mean, a, you know, a four or five hour bike on Saturday, right? And then an hour, I mean, now you're at six. So yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's always interesting to see like, you know, cause uh, you know, these athletes they may have seven to 10 hours per week. I, you know, I've worked with athletes that just because of work, they can't do anything on a Tuesday and a Thursday, right? So now all of a sudden things do get a little bit more concentrated and, you know, things get a little bit more, um, creative, right. <laughs> Where, you know, you're like, okay, I, I, uh, uh um, you know, you've got to now kind of throw that week out the window and all right, we're doing three sports on a, on a Wednesday, three sports on a Friday and doing what you can on a Saturday. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned a few of the differences already between long focusing on short course and long course, mm -hmm. even even on the same amount of hours. One being that uh, last thing about in the last month or so before the big race, you might have to have to sacrifice a bit and and get extra hours in. But other than right. that, before like let's say three months out or so, when you're still doing that uh, set amount of, of hours, is mm -hmm. there what are the things that are different in terms of the weekly structure if there are any between the short course and long course athletes there, there's usually for me not much in terms of the structure uh, as far as the week goes if if the athlete schedule allows it it's more so what though each individual workout is is about um because um you know the the key obviously with short course is you know you you, you have to have i do think athletes get short course athletes focus a little too much on threshold intervals um, and just speed because you do have to have a solid aerobic base first before you are able to go and really maximize your potential for short course and, and holding lactate threshold and that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I don't want it to sound like, hey, it's all just intervals, intervals, intervals. It's just they're, they're really um, concentrated in at, at specific times. Um, but still it's more i mean there's just more speed workouts in in the short course athlete program whereas the long course i'll focus more on muscular endurance like i said over gear work on the bike hills on the run um that sort of stuff um that's probably the the biggest difference and uh, one final question with this time range for the beginners of the sport that have mm -hmm. the time to do this time of training, sure. it might be too much for them to start at this level. So, so how long would you recommend uh, they stay at a slightly lower training level, like the five to six hours per week we discussed before, before moving up to training seven to 10 hours per week if they are, they really want to do it, but uh, you may need to hold them back for a while to make sure that they right. can, can handle the training. So, so what's a recommended time range there? 
Right. Well, I think you, I think you're you're spot on with that. I think you get a lot of athletes that are really excited to go out in the training. You know, their their motivation, everything is in a good space, but you know, they start out at 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're dealing with a knee injury or something like that. So, um, you know, in that case, I definitely want that athlete to stick more to to the to the lower end of seven eight hours. And again, I think there it's really care. I'm really careful to space that out. I wouldn't have them. You know, again, as long as the athlete's schedule allows, really trying to space all of those seven hours or eight hours out evenly throughout the week. I mean, you know, a little bit more on the weekends versus, you know, like I said, like I, that sort of athlete, I would not have them doing, you know, hey, uh, you know, three sports on a Wednesday because they couldn't work out on a Tuesday or a Thursday. I, I would just, you know, this is what we're able to do. It's five hours right now. It's six hours right now. I know you can do more. I know you want to do more, but let's build yourself up and, and, um, you know, take a little bit of time to, to give your, you know, get your body used to what it's going to take to train like this versus, like I said, you know, starting out at nine hours, you get two, two good weeks in. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, at the doctor with a, with a knee problem or a hip problem. And now you're, you know, you're starting, um, down a bad path with, with, injuries. And, and I also think psychologically for that athlete, right? Like, hey, you know, they're really super motivated. They've, they've got this great two weeks and now you know, you know, the brakes are put on by an injury. Um, and it's really mentally difficult for a, a particularly a newer athlete to kind of handle that. So um, that's, that's kind of my take. And a lot of that is more just like you were saying, like talking to them and, and helping them understand the long-term plan um, and getting them to buy into that. Yeah, great. And and what what about their the content of their training? Would you have them do the same kind of training and the same uh, kind of intensity in uh, the race specific period that you described with the threshold intervals, etc.? Or would you still focus more on the aerobic side of things with uh, with these athletes? So we're back from some connection issues. Uh, you were saying that you still want to give them something to focus on rather than just going out and riding and and running. But uh, then I couldn't hear you any longer. So if you can please uh, take it again from there. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would never just tell an athlete, you know, go ride for an hour and run for 20 minutes. You know, there's not any structure to that, obviously. So even, you know, for, for a beginner athlete where we're not going to do, you know, um, really intense intervals to have some really complex sort of workout. It may just be, you know, spin at 95 or a hundred plus RPMs for one minute, you know, five by one minute, or, um, you know, you know, might get into, you know, zone three for, you know, three by three minutes. So give them something to, um, you know, shoot for within the workout, but it's not going to be nearly as intense as, you know, someone who's been in the sport for three, four or five years. Um, and I would also say that, you know, the same thing kind of with, like I said, I'm you know, kind of a fan of, of the muscular endurance sort of stuff. With newer athletes, I definitely work that in. Um, but same thing. I work it in very slowly, uh, particularly for someone who, um, you know, hasn't done a lot of cycling um, or hasn't done a lot of running. You know, I don't want them to get injured, obviously. So, you know, overgear work on the bike is going to be done in shorter intervals, you know, you know, three by three, three by four, that sort of stuff. Hill repeats are going to be, you know, or, or hilly runs are going to be again, you know, shorter interval sort of stuff. Um, be, and then, you know, in in all of those workouts within training peaks, there's always big, you know, big bulb, you know, pre comment. Um, you know, if you feel any pain at all in your knee, your hip, whatever, you know, 
shut it down, stop the workout, you know, spin easy or, you know, walk home, whatever. Cause, um, you know, the, the muscular endurance stuff does take a while to build as well. So definitely dial it back for, for, um, the newer athletes. And, you know, I think a lot of those athletes also, they, they don't know their zones yet. You know, they, they don't know necessarily don't swing zone, you know, upper three, four, they, you know, they know this is kind of hard. This is really hard. I'm really out of breath. Um, and so I like to give, if I'm just starting with an athlete, give them kind of two weeks of working with them, understanding, you know, what, what, what's working for them schedule wise, you know, mainly, and then I'll do, you know, some sort of zone tests, um, on the, on the bike and the run. So when they do see something on the, on the schedule and it's, you know, three by three in zone four, they know, you know, what to be, what to be doing. And I think that sort of structure, particularly for beginner athletes is, is really motivating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perfect. And let's uh, now move on to, to the high training volume bucket. We can, obviously there are, I initially, I structured these as first like 11 to 15 hours per week, which is, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then one like really high volume with 16 plus hours per week, but, uh, maybe you can treat them as one and, and then just, sure. uh, talk a little bit about the differences for those that have uh, even more hours, like 16 plus 20 plus hours per week compared to those that are slightly more limited. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, in, in this case, again, you know, first thing I, I, I want to know is, you know, how are these, how, how can we allot these hours? You know, as I keep saying, I like to spread them out over the week, but you know, I've, I've, I've worked with athletes. Um, you know, I worked with an athlete that traveled by plane two to three times a week. Right. And I've also worked with athletes who, you know, are, you know, work from home. Um, and those are, you know, those 15 hours, particularly for long course, you, you've got to get to that point where, you know, maybe not, you know, for months and months, but at some point you're putting in longer hours. Um, and, and it's, it's very, like I said, you, you get creative with some of that stuff. And I've, I worry about with those athletes that we've got to put in, you know, three and four hour days, um, you know, twice a week, you know, three, four, five times a week, or, you know, I guess in that case, it's really more three times a week. Um, I worry about injury with those athletes, but, um, you know, again, given the scenario where, you know, someone who's working a 40 hour a week and, you know, Monday through Friday, that sort of stuff, that athlete, and even short course too, right. That athlete has to be committed to, you know, those 15 hours are coming in the sense of they're getting up maybe an hour earlier right to get in that extra hour or they're staying up an hour earlier or hour later to get in that extra hour and they're doing that you know two three four days a week and that's where those extra hours are coming from um and uh so again i still like that that structure monday through friday with the swim brick swim on monday brick on tuesday uh run and swim on wednesday brick again on thursday long swim friday and then and then the weekend um, it's just how those are structured. So same thing. So, you know, that Monday swim gets a little bit longer, that Thursday bike and uh, run gets a little bit longer. Um, you might even do, um, you know, those because they're longer, you have a little bit more, more structure to them in the sense of, um, different types of intervals, um, mixing up intervals between, Oh, you know, we're going to do progressive intervals, you know, zone two, three, four, five, and coming back down, that sort of stuff. That Wednesday swim gets a little bit longer. Um, the Wednesday run gets a little bit longer. And that, again, that run then Wednesday, because it's longer, I think it opens up for a little bit more um, specificity in terms of 
hey, if it's if it's going to be a hilly um, uh, hilly run, then go find a you know find some hilly terrain because. I always feel that that athlete that that's committed to, you know, 11, 12, 15, 18 hours, typically those athletes are also more um more adamant about achieving their goals, right? They they put a little bit more on the line in terms of what they're committing themselves to, so they have higher expectations in terms of you know, their their time on the course and then obviously their placing. Um, so these are a little bit more, you know, um, um, I don't want to say results focused, but they, they, they want, and understandably they want to, they want to get, um, results for the time they're putting in. Cause you know, these are athletes that are getting up at, you know, four o'clock, four thirty in the morning. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then again, you know, Thursday that, that brick, um, is, is a little bit longer, Friday, that long swim now, if it's a long course athlete, that long swim now has, you know, can be up to, you know, 4K, um, longer intervals, 300s, 400s, 500s. Um, but I also do like um, to do some like Ironman or half Ironman simulation swims. So after a warm up, you know, you're doing some really fast stuff, then kind of some, some settling in, some cruising, and then another little short spurt to kind of simulate, you know, having to pass somebody. Um, and then, you know, getting back to a steady, steady pace. Uh, and then you hit the weekend, right? And this is where it all comes down to, you know, what, what's the race? Um, what's the terrain like? Um, and I think here, really, the weekend is also a big place where um, even for veteran athletes, nailing down nutrition, right? Nailing down your pacing, nailing down your equipment choices are really, really um, key things that I think a lot of athletes may not necessarily focus on. Um, and, uh, you know, they might, you know, go out for that three hour ride, that four hour ride. And, uh, you know, instead of practicing race day nutrition, um, you know, they might be stopping at the gas station, you know, and sitting for 10 minutes. And, you know, at that point, you know, the heart rate comes down obviously, and, you know, you can digest just about anything. Um, uh, so, yeah, not, I should say yeah. Not not a lot of changes in terms of structure. It's just how many hours are you able to put in with those with those um, throughout that week. And uh, would the relative amount of intensity change when you have uh, more hours compared to the ones that have less hours, like seven to ten hours per week? Right, that's a good question. And I think you know, given that you know this athlete has a longer history in endurance sports and they can physically handle it, I would give them more intensity. Obviously, particularly for that short course athlete. Um, if this were a newer athlete, right, someone who, um, you know, you know, for the past, you know, maybe last season they were training, you know, kind of in that bell curve area, right, eight to 10 hours a week. And now they want to jump up and, you know, say, hey, I really want to, you know, be top 10 in my age group at, you know, nationals or whatever. And I'm willing to commit, you know, 13, 14 hours a week. Um, you know, that athlete who has physically, you know, gone through a season or two of training, I, I would tentatively give them more and see what they can handle. Um, because, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, I would obviously never start out with, you know, even a beginner athlete that, you know, has 12, 13, 14 hours to, to train. And I, and I've, I've worked with athletes like that. Um, you know, just because you have more time doesn't necessarily mean you're able to handle that workload. Right. Um, because the intensity is, is really, 
Um, I think it's, I think the toll it takes on the body for a lot of, a lot of triathletes kind of underestimate that. Um, and a lot of them maybe assume that, Hey, a, a six hour ride is, is going to really, um, really takes it out of me more than, you know, a two and a half hour ride. Um, but if that two and a half hour ride has intervals and, you know, you're really working really hard, you're, you know, uh, you know, just doing a lot of race pace that that's a different type of fatigue. Um, but it's just as, uh, you know, uh, strenuous on the body. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so if we go into not necessarily the race specific period, but again, let's say three months out of a Q race mm -hmm. would, uh, how many of those workouts roughly would, uh, be just easy or not have, uh, and let's say not have any zone four or zone five intensity and how many, or even zone three be just zone one, zone two, and, and how many would, would have intensity to them roughly? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I, 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 that the Tuesday, Thursday brick will always have some, some intensity to it or, or muscular endurance to it. Cause it's, it's that session. Um, for me, I feel like two quality sessions, um, that you can hit the bike and the run at the same time. Right. Um, so those definitely would still have some sort of specificity to them. It's really kind of that Wednesday run. Um, and, uh, and, and then, um, also, um, the long run on, on the weekend and the long bike on the weekend, what kind of intensity is in there earlier, you know, in the season, middle of the season, that sort of stuff that maybe doesn't have as much intensity to it. We're still building, um, you know, there's definitely still intervals. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like sweet spot training. Um, I think I, th you know, working those in um those sorts of intervals and um again working in the muscular endurance intervals um but you know then as we get so i'll give you a good example so the long ride so for three months out the long ride for an ironman athlete right um you know i don't think they need to be riding you know six hours for uh you know months at a time so you know let's just say it's a four-hour ride that might have some you know three by 20, you know, at zone three, you know, kind of sweet spot area sort of stuff to it. Um, then closer to race day, that changes more to a race simulation um, in terms of, okay, you know, if this, you know, you're going to warm up and then, you know, you're going to go and do, you know, uh, kind of what, you know, race pace, um, race simulation effort, whether that's, you know, hopefully it's, it's an athlete with a power meter and say, okay, this is the power we're aiming for you know, I want you to, you know, hold this for, you know, three hours or whatever, practicing your race day nutrition, um, you know, no stops, um, all that sort of stuff. And then right off the bike, you know, you, you're going to get on your, you use your race shoes and you're going to go run 20, 30 minutes, but it's going to be kind of at your goal race pace as well. So, you know, just, just getting the athlete more and more and more in tune with, with what they want to accomplish on race day and how they're going to do that right okay brilliant so finally are there any things that you use uh, just generally like uh, maybe some unconventional methods to do time efficient training or think outside the box with how to structure your training that uh, we can share with the listeners you know I, I think i think there there are a few things um i think one is and i don't know how i should, i don't know how outside the box this is but i i like i said i don't always have the long ride on saturday and the long run on sunday i think 
so many athletes say, well, I'm not a great runner. I'm not a great runner. And a lot of it may just be mentally that they, because they've never given themselves a chance to have a really great quality long run. I think it's more particular to Ironman athletes. They're much more like, well, I'm always going to be running on tired legs. And yeah, that's true. But if you never give yourself a chance to really nail that, you know, hour and a half, two hour run, you don't get that sort of mental confidence from, from having a run like that. Um, and the other thing is, you know, what that does then for you on Sunday is you, now you're biking on tired legs. And I think a lot of, again, even half Ironman athletes, but Ironman athletes, they, you're going to be biking, biking on tired legs too. You know, nobody's fresh at the three and four and five hour mark. So um, I think that, you know, that maybe not be so much outside the box, but um, a little bit. And then the other thing um, is on the, on, on the weekends, as we get closer to race day, um, this one's a little bit more logistically difficult to pull off, but um, I try to have athletes do a, um, a swim bike break. I think that's really underutilized. And any of my athletes that I know that I can do that with, um, I, I try to get three to four of those sessions in because, you know, when you, you know, it's very different. If you wake up on a Saturday morning, you have your pancakes and, you know, your coffee, you read the paper, you let that digest, you get on the ride, and then you do your, you know, even if it's an Ironman race simulation, a half Ironman race simulation, that's very different than having swam for even 20, 30 minutes, getting on the bike and going. So to really nail down race day nutrition, that session is super key because if you're if you're an Ironman, you you're going to be getting on the bike and you won't be ha- you won't have taken in any calories for you know an hour hour fifteen hour twenty and you know all your all, all the blood in your body is more up you know to your upper extremities you've been swimming now all that blood's got to get shunted down into your legs you know what's happening with your digestion can you can you take a bar or can you take a gel or whatever you know ten minutes into the bike fifteen minutes into twenty minutes into the bike what what works for you. Um, so I think that that session really for race day simulation um, is is pretty is is pretty eye opening for athletes that um, you know haven't even like even for for an Ironman or a half Ironman sort of athlete that maybe has done you know two or three years worth of Olympic distance so they're not you know you know they they know what it's you know it's like to get out of the water and try to bike but it's totally different when you've got to you know. Ha- when nutrition is such a key for the long course racing, um, that, that session I think, uh, is one that I think a lot of athletes should, should definitely, uh, incorporate into, into their training. Um, I think those are probably the two, uh, the two most outside of the box things. Um, I, I just, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just a big believer in consistency over time. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I know what it's like to, to, you know, want, you know, want the results, you know, tomorrow, right? Or yesterday. But, yeah, exactly. But the nature of endurance sports, right, is, is aerobic, right? Even, even short course athletes, right? That's still, you know, that the, you know, the top ITU guys, you know, they may only be racing for, you know, an hour 50, right? But that's still an endurance sport compared to, you know, 5k and 10k runners, right? Um, and so it's, it's the ability to put in time every week after week, month after month. And I think if you really want to reach your true 
peak for particularly for long course racing, you know, you need to be willing to put in, you know, two to three years worth of consistent work um, before you can kind of really see what you're, what you're going to be capable of. Um, and I was talking to my athletes, you know, the athletes that I work with, you know, I think there's, there's two types of, of potential, right? There's your true genetic potential where if you were 20 years old and you weren't working and all you did was race and train, right? You could reach your true genetic potential. 99% of the athletes that I work with, I, I call, we're, we're trying to reach our real, real, real world potential, which is how, how much of potential can we reach given the fact that you're you know, working 35 to 40 hours a week? Maybe you have kids and you have other social engagement. You have things pulling your life in different directions. So sure, it may not be your true genetic potential, but given the fact that you have all this other very important stuff going on in your life, how, you know, what kind of goals can we, can we reach for you? So, um, and it's just, you know, like I said, the nature, it, it's hard. Um, and I know this from personal experience, it's hard to think that long term. But once you get to that point, once you've got two, three years in the bank, then you can really start to, um, you know, kind of mess with your schedule, try out new things, um, try out new training methods, um, you know, um, so I, I would implore all all athletes and just just think long term. <laughs> well, those are great points, and and uh, I want to note a couple of things here, a couple of related episodes actually. Uh, first, what you mentioned about the nutrition being so important—that's something that we had uh, just a couple of episodes ago in a case study with uh, David Nichols, who qualified for Kona, and he mentioned that changing his nutrition and his approach to nutrition really was the big game changer for him and really focusing in on that in training which allowed him to do it properly in, in racing yeah. taking on 100 grams of carbs per hour on on the bike so uh, totally agree with with that and and then the other thing you mentioned their volume and and how it's an aerobic sport uh, damn it as andy coggan said uh, it's uh, so true and another related episode is uh, the one called siler's hierarchy of endurance training needs where we covered the the pyramid of uh, the biggest priorities and volume was uh, the big base the most important so uh, yeah totally agree with with those things and great that they come up again because it is very very important yep so, absolutely let's roll into uh, the last part of this interview the rapid fire questions take yep. uh, 15 seconds or less to answer these starting with what's your favorite book blog or resource related to triathlon um, I would say it's, it's a book called, um, <laughs> once a runner. It's a, just, a, it's a great, great motivational book. It, it's not really, uh, I should say it's not really about, you know, how to train or anything like that, but it's just a, a classic book, um, that will just make you want to go and train and race. And it, I, I read it and get motivated every time. What's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? Uh, I gotta say arrow wheels. You put arrow wheels on any bike and it makes you want to ride faster, uh, and the bikes just look cooler with, with arrow wheels. And what do you wish you had known or wish you had done differently at some point in your triathlon journey? Um, you know, I wish that I had done um, a little bit more uh, race pace work. Uh, I, I was big on going longer and longer and longer. And, and it took me a while before I realized that I was getting to the point where I could ride, uh, ride longer, but not, not ride faster. So I wish I'd done more, more intensity, particularly on, on the bike. Um, while I was while I was training and racing, but it all worked out for me. 
All right. Uh, thanks a lot, AJ. And if listeners want to learn more about you, your coaching for D3 Multisport. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can be found on their website, d3multisport.com. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, and any other, do you have any social media outlets or, or anything else we should mention? No, just through just through D3, you know, um, a lot of our, our team stuff and coach stuff and a lot of good information through the through the D3 social media. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good information there. Um, so that's that's where I would direct people. I, I okay. yeah, okay. brilliant. Yeah, I'll also link to your blog archive on Training Peaks. You've written quite a lot on on Training Peaks, so uh, some really good good articles. So they are worth checking out for for listeners. It will all be in Thank the show you. notes. All right. Yep. Thanks a lot. And uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks. Take care. I appreciate your time. I hope that you enjoyed that interview with AJ and uh, found those uh, specific examples useful and that you fall into one of those buckets so that you can you can apply some of the information that uh, that you heard here. I have uh, one, my main takeaway, my one main takeaway here is that uh, Using brick workouts and quite a lot of brick workouts can be a very effective way to train when you are a time-crunched athlete. This is certainly something that uh, that I can see myself experimenting with more. Uh, I'm uh, I do like doing a lot of brick workouts both myself and giving them to my athletes, but uh, quite rarely, except for the last two to three weeks before a race, they my athletes do more than one brick workout per week, but. Uh, I will experiment with this for sure because uh, it, it is, as AJ says, you can do a lot of quality in quite a short amount of time and of course hit two different disciplines in one workout so that makes it a whole lot more effective. As usual you can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com Any questions or comments uh, just leave them there in the comments section you scroll down that page and you'll find it right there if you have feedback or suggestions for topics for this podcast, you can email me on michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and that's uh, Michael with a K, or tweet me on Twitter, Twitter where my handle is at SciTriat. And as usual, I really want to ask you to spread the word about the podcast, tell your friends about it, rate and review it, every little thing, every single additional listener helps a lot, and you can be a part of it. So I really, really invite you to, to do so to help make this podcast grow and, uh, and make it uh, sustainable for the long haul by increasing the listenership, which is uh, very important for its, for its long-term trajectory. Finally, thank you so much to Precision Hydration, who is the sponsor of this podcast. I love Precision Hydration for many reasons. I talked a lot about the fact that you can get precise about your individual electrolyte needs, which is, of course, the most important thing. But in addition, it actually tastes pretty darn good compared to almost any sports drink that I've ever tried. So what I do now is that I actually don't have energy in my, in my hydration. I only have the precision hydration, which is just electrolytes, no, no carbs, no calories. And I get my electrolytes from things like gels, sometimes bars, at least if it's long training rides, but uh, not necessarily races. There will be gels. Uh, so, so that's how I structure my hydration and nutrition these days. That's something that a lot of you are asking about. So I wanted to, 
to reiterate that that's how you can combine getting the energy and the electrolytes that you need in training and in racing. You can find out more about Precision Hydration on precisionhydration.com. You can take their free online sweat test to get an individualized hydration strategy for your next race and recommendations for which strength of electrolyte product you should use in your training and racing. If you end up buying and you are a new buyer, you will get your first box or tube of PH product for free if you use the discount code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps at checkout. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon. <laughs>